Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Realcom Live. Uh, we have got a great show for you today. We've got uh, each year uh, for our conference, we choose three chairs on the Realcom side, three chairs on the IBCon side, and um, we choose some of the best leaders in our industry. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Yes, Perfect. now it's better. All right. Um, yeah, it's pretty appropriate to have four IT people on the screen. <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you, you can test for hours at a time and then inevitably the mice start chewing on the cable and uh, you have no idea where they chewed. So <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have nothing to do if everything worked perfect the first time and all the time. Right, Jim? Uh, I'm, That's I, right. I, I'm, I'm ready for less things not to work. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, so, so grateful to have you all on, not just on this episode, but the fact that you you know are willing to take the chairman role, the co-chair role, and it's not an easy job um, because we bug you a lot and we ask you to keep giving insight and providing ideas on where you think our industry is going. But frankly, the three on the realcom side and three on the IBCon side represent the rest of the community, which overall there's about 150 people on the advisory council, and mm -hmm. hopefully their ideas are bubbling up through you and then you to us, right? So let's start with um, a little bit about yourselves. We'll start with Cecilia, Jesse, and then Jeremy. Just give a little rundown of what your day looks like, your title, your role within the company, so everybody has some context. Sure, um, I'm the CIO at Urbanich. We are a publicly traded REIT. Uh, we focus on managing, acquiring, developing, and redevelopment uh, retail real estate. Uh, and we focus primarily on, on uh, properties between Washington, D.C. to Boston corridor. And we have uh, we own 75 properties, um, totaling 17 million square feet of leasable area. Uh, my day-to-day -day role is basically anything that has to do with technology and innovation, working closely with the, with the business to find solutions for them so that they can achieve their goals, right? So like from leasing, finding the, the fastest way to lease, uh, you know, finding solutions, anything that is relevant, you know, like yes, anything, helping them with the ESG uh, uh, compliance and cybersecurity. So, you know, lots of exciting stuff. Very good. Jess, how about you? Well, Jim, you know, as you know, this year I'm coming to you from a different organization, having been at uh, my prior organization of Heinz for 27 years. So I've officially been here one month at Howard Hughes Corporation. But uh, Howard Hughes, uh, thank you, man. Uh, Howard Hughes is a public company that, of, of course, deals in commercial real estate, predominantly a mixed or master plan community and mixed use mm -hmm. uh, and, and locations such as Las Vegas and, and Maryland and and here in the Woodlands, which is just north of, of Houston and in New York. And um, and my favorite that I, I'm looking forward to going there is Hawaii, uh, like everyone else. But uh, but yeah, so excited to be here. I'm the chief innovation officer. Uh, and again, I think, you know, I, you know, it's it's there's a CIO, chief innovation officer. There's a CIO, chief information officer. Uh, I get to wear all those hats and, um, you know, pretty excited to be here and bring in some of those ideas that, that you know, we were uh, working with back at my prior company here. Uh, and so again, today is, is really uh, re, re, kind of reconstituting what we're trying to do here from a technology standpoint and bringing you know, big ideas from an innovation of how we can do uh, and develop our master plan communities even even better than they have uh, historically. So I'm excited to be here and excited to be representing another organization. And, and you go from a global office portfolio spread out around the world to one that does more mixed use, you know, larger projects, you know, so, so from that perspective, your your approach to technology may be a little different than it was at Heinz, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, we've, we've talked about this in the past that, that you know, as, a, as an IT leader, you know, we, we all have similar problems. It's just scale, right? And so mm-hmm. I think, that, you know, when I look at what I'm bringing here is, is I'm bringing that experience, but again, it's, 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 it's similar problems that we've all faced. And, and so how do we, how do we, you know, make the right decisions for this new organization? Uh, uh, but again, you know, th- this organization feels like a startup. Uh, and again, having that innovation title, you know, makes me excited for that because it, because they are a little bit more agile than a large firm. And so I'm excited for that. Okay. Jeremy. Sure. Uh, Jeremy Potsy, the head of technology for JVG Smith. Uh, we're an owner, operator, and developer of high-quality mixed-use properties uh, throughout the DC market. So wholly focused on a single region. Uh, we have a little bit over 20 million uh, commercial office under management, uh, and including retail, and 11,000 residential units as well. So uh, my my job's kind of divided up and a few different aspects based off of asset type. So I get to kind of tackle problems from many different assets while still working within a single company. Uh, we have a little bit more than a thousand employees focused on serving our customers. Uh, we have a strong focus on placemaking and creating vibrant communities uh, throughout the DC market. Um, and for, you know, my job, you know, again, going with what Cecilia and Jesse said, couple adding on to that, I would say, uh, while we're here to provide strategic vision and mission for the company from a technology and prop tech standpoint, uh, part of our job is also just serving those that come to us on a day-to-day basis uh, with whatever is thrown at us. So in, in some regards, just a fireman. That is 100% true, right? No day, it's the same. Yep. And, and not that I'm biased, but I've been a CIO, you know, myself and then in the community for 30 almost 30 years i think it's the most underrated underappreciated it's sort of like playing defense on a football team you know nobody pays attention to you till you miss the receiver right Mm -hmm. uh and and so you basically have to keep the communications infrastructure for every individual in your company running that's just your day job and then oh you got to work on smart buildings and all this other stuff Uh, and actually that was one of my motivations to start realcom was to give the cio community a voice um, yeah, and, uh, and that was almost 25 years ago. Um, Jeremy, one other thing about your organization, you've got something called a digital district that you're working on, right? Yep, throughout National Landing, it's something that's very unique to us with the density, uh, potential development density that we have there in that area. Uh, so we're thinking about new and creative ways uh, to serve our tenants and our <laughs> residents uh, through forward-looking technologies. Okay. Yeah, and, and hopefully if we have time, we get a little detail on, on some of the stuff that you're actually seeing in that project. So, you know, I, I, I want to kind of put the pandemic in the rearview mirror like everybody. But I think we, you know, as we're coming out and around in the last turn, hopefully, can you give me 30 seconds on what did you learn from a real estate IT perspective? What was your biggest takeaway? Well, Jess, we'll start with you in uh, during the pandemic and, and moving into 2022. What did you what did you learn? I mean, I've said this before, but I think speed is what I think created out of the pandemic. I think a lot of us, you know, when we started the pandemic, wish we had tenant engagement apps already so we can communicate more broadly when, you know, we're trying to convince people to come back to the office and educate them about that. You know, we wish we had more sensors and and technology around how do we, you know, show folks what their spaces should look like coming out of the pandemic. And so I think we wish we had better data, you know, in our environment. So I think for me, the big takeaway, and again, it was a tough situation, but the, the fact that we re-energized the industry with, we need speed. And I think that's what, what I'm learning from the pandemic and, and the prop tech 
that is surviving is the one that gives you that speed and for the next you know 20 years. Cecilia? Yeah, I mean, echoing what Jesse said, right? It's gaining speed and efficiency, right? Uh, having the ability to do everything that you used to do in the office, right? Whether it's just to walk into somebody, else's office, somebody else's office with a piece of paper, now you have to digitize every single process, right? And so, I mean, it's, it was somewhat, somewhat the silver lining of the pandemic, right? It enabled us to move fast forward, right? And adopt technology to the point where the business will come to us and say, you know, Cecilia, how can we do this? There's gotta be a better way. And it was fantastic, right? So the speed at which we implemented technology and adopted technology with zero, um, I'm gonna say almost zero complaints. It was more, it was very, very well received because they realized that all of a sudden they could do everything from work, right? I mean, I got a phone call from one of the, the real estate agents saying, Cecilia, I just wanted to thank you because I didn't realize I could do so much. You know, I was going to ask you. So, so you know, if you look back, the three of you were the ones who threw the life preserver to the organization to keep it running. Without you, the world would have stopped. So, not just a thank you. Did you all get raises? <laughs> <laughs> and, and week vacations in the Caribbean. I hope. <laughs> If, if anything, I think it re-energized that, that thought of continuing to innovate. So I think we have more work, which is great. You know, uh, just just people, people remembering our names was good enough. That was thank you. Enough. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I've, got, I've got more goals for our industry. Jeremy, how about you? What was your biggest takeaway? You know, nothing really particular to add. Cecilia really hit on a number of the points that I was thinking about. But, uh, you know, also enabling our teams to service others from anywhere. So part of it is helping the organization uh, and everybody that we work with and serve on a day-to-day -day basis work from wherever they need to, at least from wherever they need to, but also our own internal teams to be able to continue to interact and grow, uh, grow their careers, grow themselves uh, during this time as well. Because you know, in some regards, some of these working models uh, are continuing to remain in place. Right. Yeah, and they're and they're only going to evolve, and we'll get to that. So I, I think you know we're just a small you know little organization compared to all of you. But what we learned was early on, April of 2020, when we hit that wall, the inclination was to pull the blanket over our head and go to sleep. But we decided to lean into the pandemic and explore the hybrid models. Built studios in Denver, did hybrid events in Austin, New York. You know, in, in theory, in the middle of a pandemic, all safely, by the way. And uh, we learned that instead of running away, run into it. And boy, did we learn so much. And so to your point, Cecilia, it was a blessing in this guide or, or silver lining, you know. All right, um, so we're coming out. You, you know, you got some things done during the pandemic. You got some new heightened awareness by executive leadership on the, on the value of what you all do. Uh, we'll start with Jeremy. What, do you, um, what are you gonna wrap up for the rest of 2022? Yeah, sure, from our end with the developments that we have, in the pipeline and that are ongoing ground up residential construction. A lot of our focus is uh, on maximizing and streamlining our prospective resident experience, both digital and physical. Uh, so we have a number of initiatives within the organization where we're focused purely on that. And of course, there's some of the other things that everybody's tackling this the ongoing, such as cybersecurity maturity. Uh, and then a number of us are getting, going through the process for ESG and SEC reporting preparedness. Yeah, lot, lot, lots of, I call it defense, unfortunately. Uh, I, I, I like more offense, mm -hmm. you know, end user experience, building automation, efficiency, energy savings, 
ESG, I guess, would fall under that. But it feels like, you know, we've been playing, you know, defense a lot in the last 24 months. And I'm looking forward to when we can, you know, get back to the 80-20, 80% mm-hmm. offense, 20% defense. Um, Jesse, how about in your new role? Have you got it figured out what the rest of 2022 looks like yet? Sure. Just took me a week. That's all. <laughs> no, no, it's it's still evolving. But I think, again, going back to what Jeremy said is, is uh, you know, being able to take a look at, at how do we create a better experience? And I think, again, maybe going back to the previous question, uh, you know, coming out of this, there's a renewed r- focus on our visitors, our tenants, our residents. And I think it's something that we kind of maybe took for granted for a lot of years. And so I think I think that's the big focus that, that Howard Hughes has as well is how do we, you know, when we build these master plan communities, how do we make sure that, that folks feel more engaged, more connected, they want to continue to stay here as we look at new projects like the one outside of Phoenix, that's, you know, 37,000 acres of fresh land that we're going to build the next big city over the next 50 years. How do we start creating innovation around that mindset? So so I think that's going to be taking us through the end of 2022. Just how do we start, get the ball rolling. Phoenix. I'm sorry? In Phoenix or Las Vegas? Uh, well, outside of Phoenix, we uh, Howard Hughes last year acquired 37,000 acres that they're going to redevelop into the next, what I call the next Woodlands uh, master plan community. Well, then you and Jeremy got a lot to talk about digital districts. And by the way, uh, we were just on Lake Nona yesterday. We finalized the tour. We're going to be doing a tour at the conference. We got them speaking uh, at the conference. We're going to be able to, you know, see autonomous buses and you know all this, you know, view windows and hotels that turn on and off. And so we're pretty excited about that. And uh, yeah, Jer- Jeremy and I are frenemies. We're frenemies, and so we got to <laughs> we got to share, but not too much, right, Jeremy? <laughs> we have to keep strategic uh, advantages over each other. With, with the speed the world's moving, don't even go there. <laughs> Cecilia, how about you for 2022? Look, we, we have lots of projects happening right this minute. Uh, you know, it's similar to, to what Jesse and Jeremy already said, right? Cybersecurity, ESG uh, initiatives uh, with uh, uh, all of the new SEC pro- uh, proposed rules. You know, how are we prepared, you know, preparing ourselves, right? Um, and then continue to enhance and automate uh, our back office technology, right? Because that's just like a never ending topic. And, and with new technologies, how do you continue to, to stay relevant and be, you know, top of the game? Uh, but there's one, uh, one example, an area of focus and excitement right now for us is around business intelligence, where we're providing the business with like timely and accurate information with, uh, with a visual format, right? And, and, and we're responding to users needs almost a la carte when they want information about the portfolio Uh, so that's really exciting and you know i can talk plenty of that uh because we've really solved big problems right Uh, uh, um, uh, business needs that would take normally one year to gather information manually gather information we've actually used technology and can get the same within minutes yeah, which is and the external data right now with with you know migration trends and 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 changing uses for different types of real estate, the external data to me is is exciting, if not more exciting than the internal data, because people are on the move, things are changing, urban areas are getting redefined, suburban right. and suburban areas are getting redefined. 
Right. And so for us, for with one single solution, we're able to serve different uh, units across the organization, uh, you know, from property management to gather ESG data, to asset management, to review the portfolio, investor relationships, uh, invest, investor relations for marketing purposes, and, and for our executive team from a strategic standpoint. You know, uh, so for, you know, like everybody else in, in our business, data is the new gold, right? It's, like it's the crystal ball. It and, is, it's, and it's your secret sauce, right? Yep. yep, absolutely. All right, let's take a brief break here from one of our sponsors. And then I got a couple <laughs> more questions when we come back. Great to have these three and uh, having them give their insights on uh, what's in store for 2022 and our upcoming Real Common IBCon conference. Be right back. All right. Can you guys hear me? Yes. yes. Uh, so um, let's get into uh, a little bit on the RealCom conference. So we'll have the IBCon chairs on next week. So let's focus on the RealCom business enterprise, business solutions, you know, side of the business. Um, I know what you just mentioned, what your top priorities are as organizations. What about the industry? You know, what, what is the industry? I mean, and we've been serving people for almost six months now. So Howard with his almost 200 speakers is going to answer but for those uh, listening you know in preparation for the event what do you think the top one two priorities of conversation should be jeremy we'll start with you yeah sure i think uh i think a lot of us are commonly faced with how to do more with less uh, and i think that's one of the great things that realcom provides is a number of different sessions for all of us to walk into and learn and see what others are doing that accomplish exactly that uh, so Cecilia was just touching on data and analytics and process op automation. Those are always key topics that get addressed throughout RealCom. And um, I think besides that, uh, also, you know, how do we keep our assets safe from a cybersecurity perspective and partnering with our on-site teams? I know, Jim, that's something that we've kind of talked about in some of our pre-calls yeah. is bringing people together um, and having those interactions while at the conference. Cecilia, how about you? You know, uh, the pandemic has given the, the people the opportunity to rethink their work-life balance. And so we'll we'll talk a lot about, you know, hybrid flexible workspace and the digital future of work. Uh, we're going to talk about air quality and wellness, uh, you know, and with that, with everybody working remote and all this technology that's available, cybersecurity, right? Uh, it's not just about what is cybersecurity, but how can we... Uh, prevent and develop effective programs, uh, you know, uh, for, to protect our organizations. Right. And, you know, and I think another topic that is super relevant right now is the ESG, right? So w w w there's going to be a lot of topics around smart buildings, IoT devices, energy. Uh, it's going to be very, ex very exciting with over 200 plus speakers, I believe. So yeah. it's really going to be overwhelming. I mean, you know, it, it, it's almost overwhelming all the things that you are, the three of you and your peers are responsible for. There's a lot uh, to consider. Jess, how about uh, adding to what Jeremy and Cecilia? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly what they said. I think for me, you know, Cecilia, Cecilia touched on it is is, you know, it's a great opportunity for, for IT professionals. You know, we really, all our teams, and I say teams, we all rose to the challenge, you know, getting to the pandemic. I, you know, people are reevaluating where they are in their careers and their lives and in the importance of quality of life. And, and I think for me, the other thing that, that's very important is, as you mentioned, you know, the number of, of partner sponsors that we have attending. To me, it's, it's even more important to have those relationships, partnerships, really understand how do we staff our teams. You know, Jeremy said, do more with less. 
we're really counting on our trusted partners and advisors. And so how do we create those connections, those relationships during the conference? I think it's huge. You know, I, think we're, I believe, I believe we're allocating more time now for folks to have more networking with our partners and sponsors. So I think that's important as well. Jesse, in about three or four weeks, we're going to have a call with all the sponsors and exhibitors. We do it kind of as a prep to the conference and kind of give them guidance. I would maybe like to see if we can get you to join us for maybe 10 minutes and let you talk to the vendors about how they should interact with you. Question, mm -hmm. partnering, don't sell us, listen, you know, all the, if you could take maybe five, 10 minutes and represent the end user community to that on that call, I think that'd be very helpful. Uh, anytime, man. I mean, I think that's, you know, what's, what's made a lot of us successful is, is we've always had, you know, small budgets, limited budgets, you know, we, we've had to count on partners external partners. And I know a lot of folks, including Jeremy, came from outside parties and ended up in this role. So how do you continue mm -hmm. to foster those relationships? So yeah, count me in anytime. And I believe mm -hmm. Cecilia and Jeremy would be just as excited. From our perspective, um, what I, I've been trying to accomplish, especially coming out of the pandemic, is two things. Um, we have multiple stakeholders, you know, manufacturers, vendors, solution providers, corporates, <clears throat> commercial, uh, consultants, investment management. I mean, we got, you know, integrators and and they all come and they seem to kind of clump together with their groups and they don't know that their resources the ones they're going to need to call next week to make things happen are literally sitting next to them at lunch so and we've talked about this at length how do we get everybody to know each other get past the comfort zone of your own groups and then mm -hmm. the second thing is because there's so many things how you know bring your teams bring a couple extra people because you know that you you may be focusing on topics a b c but d e and f that you didn't get to you know, they're going to be on your list soon, right? And, and and there's so much intellect in that collective room that I just wish we could, you know, literally copy and paste it because- it, That's right. That's right. With the convergence of IT development and property management, you know, I'm really pushing my team outside of their comfort zone and explore, right? Talk to the peers, talk to the vendors. And like, to me, similar to what Jesse said, uh, talking to to people, to our peers, vendors, and other uh, professionals, right, in the industrial, uh, real estate industry. It's about use cases, you know, hey, what is it that you did that was successful, you know, and maybe I can get something, you know, if I can get one thing or two things out of this real, uh, this conference where I can actually action it, I mean, it's key. And what I found every time that every year when I go to a realcom is that not only am I inspired, right, because there's so much cool stuff out there, but I can actually take something back to the office and, and action it, and, and, and it's key. Yep. So as we suggested, we're not going to get through all the questions, but that's good because we got through a lot. But uh, 30 seconds each. Jesse, we'll start with you. Most innovative thing you've seen in the last 12 to 18 months. I I mean, I'm still a huge proponent of autonomous. Again, you know, I'm, I'm still seeing, uh, you know, what we're seeing with with drones, but but the fact that we can send, you know, rockets up in space and have them land, you know, parts of that back on Earth. I mean, it's just amazing. So to me, anything around autonomous AI, being able to leverage that for 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 that is is fantastic. A little side note on that: my daughters went to the school with the guy who was in charge of landing the rocket on the barge. Yep. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Amazing. He used to blow rockets off in the quad at school when he, when he was younger. <laughs> so he got in trouble before, now he gets paid for it, right? And now he gets paid a lot. <laughs> Cecilia, how about you? 
Look, there's a lot of cool stuff happening out there. Uh, you know, I am going to celebrate Urban Edge uh, because we've developed a pretty darn innovative tool out there, and I am really give kudos to my team for doing that. Uh, but uh, um, there's a lot happening around uh, the whole metaverse uh, that is a whole new world. And, and part of the thing is, you know, how are we in our world in real estate? Are, are, how is that going to impact our world? Yep, I, I'll, I was going to say mine for them, but I'm going to lay right on top of that. Um, the metaverse a year ago was confusing to me, uh, kind of vague, just like Google Earth was, you know, in 2000. Every day the metaverse is getting, and the relationship with real estate is getting clearer and clearer in my head. We're going to talk about it a lot. We're going to demonstrate some stuff. Uh, and and there, is a, there is a relationship, I believe, between physical space and the online world that if a building owner operator figures it mm -hmm. out, competitive edge like you won't believe. Yep. Jeremy, wrap us up. Yeah, sure. You know, from my end, I'm not going to mention something that's like the coolest tech, but something that we've been very successful with in the past 12 months. Uh, I love to give props to vendors whenever they're good vendors and they help you solve a good problem. Yep. Uh, so one of the cooler things that we've done recently is implement Meta Lease on the residential side, which is a conversational AI tool. Uh, integrated with Yardi CRM and it assists and answers prospective resident questions and books tours without needing a human to do any of it. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. So, you know, the, the tech innovation continues and it's exciting. So we ran over a little bit, but I'm sure Howard will uh, take care of it in the, with the news. Um, I can't say thank you enough, not just for today, but for your you know, agreeing to be uh, co-chairs for the event. Your insight has really been helpful. Um, we'll be on the phone with you still uh, in the next couple of weeks as we wrap things up. It's coming together nicely. And again, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Have a good day in Orlando. Yep. Be well. All right. Let's bring Howard on and he's going to give us a little weekly news update. Howard, I was um, watching. And I, um, uh, Jim, we just lost your audio a little bit again. So take you away and go to the news. I'll take it. Thanks, Jim. Uh, so I, I write, thank you, Jim, and, and thank you, Cecilia, Jesse, and Jeremy. I really, uh, honestly, I, I feel really fortunate to be working with such a creative, passionate, energetic group of Realcon chairs this year. Um, these chairs, the, their contribution to the conference development process were huge. And I, I think the end result is we're going to have one of the best conferences ever. Uh, so thank you, Cecilia, Jesse, and Jeremy. Uh, now on to the news. I'm going to recap a couple of stories from the week. Uh, Lead Stories Part 2 of a series on AI and commercial real estate by Sandeep Dave. He's the Chief Digital Technology Officer at CBRE. Um, and this is entitled Success with AI as a Journey. So in part one, Sandeep shared some use cases for applying AI and ML machine learning to commercial real estate. And in this part two, he shares some of the steps CBRE actually took to achieve the gains they made so far. So I'm gonna run through the high points really quickly. So the first one, start with the end in mind, have clear goals, work back from there. Number two, building great technology starts with talent. You need experienced talent. You may need to go outside the organization to find it. Three, getting returns requires focused investment and adaptability. Do not underestimate the effort involved to get to the end zone. Four, never underestimate the power of accurate data. You need a solid data model for accurate enterprise data. No amount of AR is gonna give you good results if you feed it bad data. 
And five, and last, continue growing and transforming. It is definitely an AI uh, initiative, definitely a marathon, not a sprint. In short, great article. Thank you, Sandeep and the CBRE team. Next, uh, an article comes from this week's tech partner, Rahul Bami, Chief Business Officer at View Inc. And it's asking the question, what does it take to make a building smart? So this thoughtful piece focuses on the drivers for digital transformation of real estate. So tenants today demanding more from buildings, landlords looking to uh, technology to better serve customers and end users. And now the most significant impetus for change comes from an emphasis on sustainability and reducing carbon footprint. And right behind it is a massive push to improve health and wellness in indoor spaces. So making smart buildings sustainable and healthy really does require a high degree of technology and integrations. Siloed data from disparate point solutions impair the ability to create truly smart buildings. And now VIEW has a very interesting and innovative perspective on just how all those systems can truly be integrated with an open, flexible, upgradable operating system that hides all the complexity, but just works. Uh, I would encourage you all to read this and explore VIEW's smart, sustainable, healthy building solution. Also in the news, CBRE teams with Microsoft on facilities management solutions for large retailers. So these two giants have teamed up to provide an enhanced, differentiated suite of technology offerings Primarily focused to large retailers, the collaboration unites CBRE, uh, the world's largest real estate facilities management company, with Microsoft's growing Dynamics 365 field services platform. This is going to mean a better connected experience for everyone, access to real-time remote expert support, application of IoT and AI, the optimization of field service operations with intelligent automated workflows, work order bundling, seamless integrations, the smart building technologies, and more, said Bill Hayden, Global Sector President, CBRE Global Workplace Solutions. Thank you, CBRE and Microsoft. Finally, on a cautionary note, uh, this came from CIO Magazine with their article on nine ways CIOs will fail to support hybrid work in 2022. Uh, and the tagline here is that all the heroic work CIOs did in facilitating all remote workplaces, it may not be enough to tackle what's coming next. For long-term hybrid success, it's going to be different. Uh, you're going to need the right investments, a new mindset, widespread cultural changes. For IT, the pandemic, it was a trial run for companies to learn how to accommodate hybrid workers. But what we learned in the early days of lockdown may not be enough for long-term hybrid success because it's more complicated than just you know, supporting remote work. When everyone's remote, the dynamics are clear. We just all use digital methods to collaborate. But then you start returning to the office and it opens up scope for new challenges. All of a sudden, people get frustrated by calendars filled with Zoom calls and remote workers may feel frustrated when in-office employees revert to 2019 behaviors like scribbling on whiteboards. So this great article articulates some of the ways IT leaders may fail to smooth the transition to the hybrid work future, but also touches on what they can do. Uh, to, uh, uh, to to ward off those problems. I, I, so, I, think, I think we are at the first inning of the first game on hybrid. I agree. I, 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 I think I think the connecting the physical, physical and the virtual, much of which the metaverse talks about, um, where you go into a meeting room in a three-dimensional environment and there's people in the room, people coming in from all over the world, the sound works, right? <laughs> you know, you know, all these little technical issues that continue to plague us, they got to get fixed. They got to go away. It's got to be seamless. 
But um, I, I think we are starting to see, at least I am, what the metaverse means to the real estate industry uh, in a meaningful way. So it's going to be fun. Right. There'll be a lot of behaviors that we'll need to, you know, we'll need to really address. And uh, I, I think uh, it's going to be, it's, we, we have a, we have a, we have a learning, uh, a learning process. It is not your daddy's or granddaddy's office building anymore. No, it's going to be different. Yeah. Howard, thank you. Great job as always. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Jim. All right. Before we uh, wrap the show, let's hear from one of our final sponsors and come back and I'll tell you what's in store for next week. All right. Well, uh, thank you to our guests. Uh, the three of them, they got four jobs. They do their day job. They help us. They help others. Some of the most giving people in our industry and smart, uh, smart to boot. So um, next week, we're going to continue the conversation with our co-chairs, this time on the IBCon side. Uh, we're going to have Kathy Farrington from Google, Tana Lambrinos from Quadril, and Victor Chan Sanchez from LinkedIn. Uh, not just, again, good logos, good names, good companies, but smart people but most importantly, willing to share. They, they have had success and they've led us uh, in a great way with the, um, uh, the topics for the IBCon side of the conversation. And uh, you're gonna be entertained. They're great people. Dano and his humor is gonna keep us, uh, keep us engaged. And uh, we look forward to next week's show and we hope you join us and uh, you have a great day and a great weekend as well. Be well. <laughs>